Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Welcome back to this week's AgCast. I'm Mitt Walker with the Alabama Farmers Federation, and I'm excited to be sitting in as your host this week. I'm even more excited about our guest today and look forward to our visit. Today, we're joined by Dr. Eve Brantley, who serves as the director of Auburn University's Water Resource Center. We're going to talk to her about some of what she's responsible for in that role and a little bit about what led her down this path. Eve, thank you so much for being with us today. Matt, I greatly appreciate the invitation, and I look forward to talking with all of you and uh, all the folks out there listening. Great. Well, thank you again. Um, Before we jump into your current role with Auburn and the Extension System, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, kind of what led you down this path, and what are some of the things that drive you personally? Well, I'm sure like many of the folks listening, I grew up in the woods, playing in creeks, always outside. Um, And when I went to college, I went to a small school in North Georgia, to Berry College, and it has a real work ag natural resource focus um, for the curriculum. So that worked well for me to just get get my start and be able to learn a lot more about just the basics and science. But I knew I needed to, to keep going um, on with my schooling. It's just more I wanted to learn. And I was fortunate that path took me to Clemson University, uh, which, of course, Clemson, we might have our big rivalries in football and other sports, but as a sister land-grant institution, um, I've, I've learned so much about that need and the opportunity for research that helps inform decision-making. Um, so after finishing a master's in forestry there, I was fortunate to get married and move to Alabama. And I lived on the coast for several years in Alabama before my husband's work. He um, took a position with Department of Conservation Natural Resources. He now works with the Forestry Commission, but that brought us up to the Montgomery-Auburn area where I've just always been appreciative of my time with Extension. I just transitioned up to main campus with Extension and went on and uh, was able to complete a PhD in the forestry school here at Auburn University. So I've, I've been fortunate to have moved across several states in the Southeast, gotten a good flavor for what a wealth of resources we have. And as my, as my path has taken me, as you said, really settled into water and water resources and uh, learning a lot about the different uses, the value of water, um, and then kind of that mystery of uh, just all that we have in Alabama as it relates to our our water resources and the critters that live there, the benefit for economics that we have related to it. And then, yeah, here I am at Auburn University as the Water Resource Center Director. Well, great. Well, that that's a fascinating background, and um, you mentioned those resources and the critters, but you also talked about economics, and that's one of the things I was hoping we could talk a little bit about today. You know, you've always been on the forefront, or since I've known you, the forefront of environmental, ecological issues, but you've also been somebody that, that we've watched be able to bring people with different opinions, different um, maybe ideas about water management you've been able to bring them to the table and find, you know, solutions to very complex issues. Tell me a little bit about your philosophy and how that works. Well, I appreciate that, Mitt. And 
one thing, and, and it might just be my personality, is I really believe we all have our role as we approach these complex environmental, societal, economic issues. There's not one path. There are many viewpoints. And so where I, I think I like to fit in is to get to bring people together so that we're talking to each other and not at each other. And then and really encourage that we hear concerns and that people stop and think about not only their viewpoint, but the, the viewpoints of others. Because after you talk for a while, you start to find, even if you don't agree on everything, there are some common areas of interest. And you can build on those common areas of interest. So I, I do think that uh, nature is so complex. Our society can be really complex. Uh, but when you but when you get people together, you know, I, I just I really believe that we can start at least working towards maybe not everybody being in agreement, but coming up with some solutions that are beneficial um, in large part to as many stakeholders as, as we can get at the table. Great. Well, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about uh, more how you're applying that in your current role. Um, we're going to take a quick break right now for a word from our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll talk more about the Auburn Water Resources Center. It's never a dull day on the farm, especially when your day starts before the sun comes up. We're Alabama Ag Credit. And while some don't get it, we do. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, we've helped farmers finance everything from homes and land to tractors and crops. Because sometimes your natural resources need financial resources. Well, welcome back, Eve. Uh, we'll pick up kind of where we left off. Tell us about Auburn's Water Resources Center. Uh, for those of us that may not be familiar with it, what are some of the services that you provide to the state in that role? Uh, each state has a designated water resources center, and uh, the, that's part of the United States Geological Survey. And here at Auburn, we have three missions with that. One is, of course, research. We want to promote research here at Auburn and around the state and in cooperation with our, our region, our regional partners, to really understand water resources, get answer some of those uh, those research questions and scientific needs. But that's while well, research is really important, there's two other parts that we really focus on, including workforce development, not just uh, graduate students, but then back to that economics, understanding how is it that we can that we can work towards training scientists of the future, but then also understanding what some of those needs are in our state. And a big part of that goes to the third mission, which is technology transfer. So that's where it works really well with my extension appointment, that my job for the most part is to translate information in ways that it's useful for users to say, okay, I have a question about X. All right, here's, here's what we know based on science, unbiased approaches to answering questions and providing information so that people can make informed decisions. So our Water Resources Center, you'll see uh, information being shared in workshops. We have a great conference that's on the coast. We're hoping this September to be in person again. That's our plan. Uh, and it's just a chance for everyone to get together and learn from each other and network. So that's that's just a quick snapshot of some of the things that we're doing at the Water Resources Center. Okay. Okay. Well, great. Well, I, I would love to kind of drill down into one of those specific areas. You talk about the technology transfer and some of the things that are happening on the ground. 
you've been a big player in um, what we're calling the Alabama Irrigation Initiative. Obviously, we're an agricultural organization and interested in all the things that you do, but that's one area that we've spent a lot of time working together on recently. Talk to us a little bit about how that project has come together and, and how you are a part of that. The USDA Natural Resource Conservation Service approached um, the Soil and Water Conservation Committee, and there, there was an agreement that there is an opportunity in Alabama to increase irrigated acres in a way that is sustainable and mindful so that we're building economic opportunities while protecting environmental, cultural, and historical resources. So Auburn University has been working for many years um, before I had this position in sustainable irrigation. Uh, and we partnered up with the University of Alabama in Huntsville. And our job is to put together plans, plans that take into consideration water quantity, water quality. Where are the needs? Where are the farmers who can benefit from this increase in irrigated acreage? and then provide that roadmap to the Soil and Water Conservation Committee and the Natural Resource Conservation Service so that they can work with farmers to, to help pay for the cost share, expanding irrigation, actually helping with that irrigation infrastructure. Um, the watersheds that we're working in right now, the Middle Tennessee River watershed, uh, we've already got that plan finished and approved, and I know that farmers are right now um, being able to install some of their irrigation equipment. We're finishing up work in the Choctahatchee Pea watershed and then looking forward to working in the middle Alabama river basin. So we're, we're moving around the state and uh, a lot of this again was informed by partnerships and uh, research that's been conducted and, and, and information from our state federal partners as well as partners like Alpha and some of the other non-government organizations. Well, great. And, and Eve, I think it would be important, too, at this point to, to talk about our congressional delegation and the role that they played in that. We had struggled for years to, to bring federal funding into the mix to expand irrigation. There were, all, there were already programs on the ground to help farmers become more efficient. But Alabama has lagged behind so bad the other states around the southeast in terms of our total number of irrigated acres. When you talk about programs that help improve efficiency on existing irrigation. We just didn't have those many acres to take advantage of that. So we are very thankful to um, people like Senator Shelby, Congressman Adderholt, and others that played a key role in helping to bring these dollars to the state and, and help us identify a federal program that those dollars could move through and be put on the ground. And the work that you have done and others have done in putting those watershed plans together, it's been a pretty heavy lift. Um, I've described this program as kind of putting a round peg into a square hole because it was not originally designed to do what we're doing with it now. And, and the patience and the expertise that you and others have shown in, in getting this program on the ground is actually beginning to pay dividends. And, and we're really excited about the future. Like you talked about, it, it's, it's several things that come into play. Um, it is providing that incentive for farmers to expand irrigation and take advantage of that abundance of water resources that we do have in the state, but do it in a way to ensure that all other users, whether it's municipalities, other industries, individuals, and certainly the wildlife and, and you know the critters, as you described earlier, are, are looked out for as well. So it's a very thoughtful process. It's an exciting process and, and one that we're really excited to be a part of. Well, I appreciate that. And I have certainly 
learned a lot being part of this project, um, not only from uh, the the larger group who's been informing um, how we, their concerns and their suggestions and recommendations, but also the farmers and more about what they need and the importance of being thoughtful, like you said, and being intentional with how we expand irrigation and where we do it. So I, I appreciate the partnership from Alpha and um, especially our elected officials. We've been very fortunate to have their support. Yeah, and, and we'd certainly be remiss if we didn't give Dr. Bill Puckett and his team over at Soil and Water a shout out for, for administering this program and, and being great partners as well. Absolutely. They, uh, they have a real vision for how things can move forward in the state that have that conservation ethic in mind, which is um, what we really want to show ag as a leader in that. Well, Eve, as we kind of start to wrap up our chat today, one thing that's been on my mind the last few weeks, um, you know, the political landscape in Washington is changing, obviously. We've had a change in administration. We're hearing more and more talk about things like regenerative agriculture, conservation, uh, climate change, carbon capture. All of these things are really being discussed one thing that I've said for years now, I feel like a lot of times farmers don't get the credit they really deserve for the good work that they've already done on the front of, of conservation and, and environmental issues. As policymakers start to make decisions and, and how farmers might play a role moving forward, what would be some advice you would give to the farmers and those policymakers and how can we how can farmers be part of this discussion? without putting them in a situation that makes it even more difficult to do their job on a daily basis. One thing that occurs to me is um, some of our ag economists here at Auburn University have been doing a lot of work in partnership with others on how farmers are, are part of the solution and being able to really describe those ecosystem services that are provided with the carbon sequestration. Uh, I mean, just especially thinking about those healthy soils, everything gets back to our healthy soils. So I, I think one thing that I would encourage folks listening is to make sure that you are telling your story. Make sure that, that folks know the practices that you're putting into place to be protective of your soil, which is so incredibly important for that productivity and the practices that are being put in place to protect the water quality, both the water coming onto your field and the water leaving your field or leaving your pasture. I mean, there's a lot of good stories. There are a lot of good stories that need to be shared. And I just really would encourage, I know that's something that Extension can help with and that that's part of our job is to make sure that we're just making sure that we are highlighting the good and not letting others tell the story for you. Yeah, I think, um, you know, again, there's so many things that are happening on the ground and have been from precision agriculture you mentioned that soil health cover crops and, and those types of things. So many things that farmers have been doing, a lot of those in conjunction with USDA through cost share programs or other programs that are out there. And I'm not sure if you would agree with this, but one thing that I'm really stressing to the decision makers now is before we go and try to develop new programs or alternative ideas or, or maybe chase some rabbits that don't need to be chased, Let's try to take account of, of what's already happening. And I would use specifically the example of carbon capture when you talk about climate change. The forestry, you mentioned your husband's with the Forestry Commission. The amount of carbon that's being captured by Alabama's privately owned forest is, has got to be a huge number. The cover crops that our row crop guys are, are putting in place, I really hope that, that USDA and, and, and those folks listening today will, will 
think about what's already happening and, and not impose, you know, punitive type ideas on farmers. That again makes it even tougher to make a living. Um, you have any thoughts on how that that could possibly work? Well, I certainly have been hearing more about carbon markets, and I, and again, I think there's a real opportunity. Some of the research that's being done by my colleagues, uh, Dr. Ortiz, Dr. Gamble, Dr. Prasad, and others. Again, that's going to help inform what is going on with soil health. Um, and then looking at the forestry uh, component to our state, which is just a, a huge opportunity with the land cover that we have in forests that are doing those ecosystem services, uh, not just carbon, but also helping with water storage, water purification. So, yeah, Matt, I, I think knowing where we are right now and taking stock of that and, and again, thinking through what are some what are some of those market opportunities for our for our landowners? And I know that the ag economists and others are looking into that to understand better what those opportunities are. There's a there's a lot of benefit to fields, forests, working lands um, that we don't want to underestimate those. Yeah, I would agree with that. And and when we talk about you know these programs. The two things that, that continually come up from our perspective is we, we want them and we really need them to be voluntary and incentive-based. We found over the years that when uh, the government mandates programs on agriculture, generally those programs do not pan out as, as they would, would want them to. But when they're done voluntarily and there's an incentive there for the farmers to participate, generally we see some some pretty good success there. And you mentioned working land programs, and, and I would put an emphasis on that. We want to try to keep the land we have in production productive. There are lots of things that we can do in those working land programs through programs like EQIP and, and other programs on the books and, and not take land out of production. There's a time and place you know, for some of that, but... With young farmers coming along looking for opportunities to expand their operations, um, we don't want to put the government in a position where they're competing with those those young farmers and other farmers for access to, to good land to, to, you know, expand their operations. Matt, when I first moved to Baldwin County, one of the farmers of the Soil and Water Board um, would start the meetings by just reminding all of us that a safe and adequate supply of food and safe, secure water are national security issues, and that we really need to think about, again, just that, the importance of our working lands and, and, and keeping the American farmer in business. Uh, and that he really impressed upon me that importance, which again is where I see it's not an and or, it's a, hey, there's, there's a lot of room for us to figure out in Alabama where we have land, water, and a great climate what are those best choices um, to, to meet all of these needs? Eve, I think that's a perfect way to kind of wrap up our discussion today, and I think it sums up a lot of what you've been able to do over the years here, again, bringing folks together and finding those solutions. So we can't thank you enough for, for what you're doing on the irrigation project, uh, your role with the Water Resource Center and all the great things that Auburn and Extension do. And uh want to thank you today, especially for taking time to, to visit with us today, and uh, we'll look forward to visiting with you again soon. Thanks, Matt. I really appreciate the chance to, to talk with you and, and share my thoughts. Fantastic. Well, thank you again, Eve, and uh, y'all stay tuned for our weekly wrap-up. Thanks again for being with us. 
And now, your weekly Ag Cash wrap up. Thank you for joining us for today's wrap up. This is Carla Hornady, Director of Wheat and Seed Grains for the Alabama Farmers Federation. In January of 2021, the search began for an assistant professor and extension grain crops agronomist in the Department of Crop Soil and Environmental Sciences. I was pleased to serve on this search committee. And today I am excited to announce that Dr. Eros Francisco has accepted the position. He is scheduled to be on campus August 1st. His appointment will be 75% extension and 25% research. He will be responsible for extension programming and applied research in corn, wheat, soybeans, and other grain crops being produced here in Alabama. Dr. Francisco brings to the position many years of experience as a crops agronomist in Brazil. He is excited to join the Alabama Cooperative Extension Agronomic Crops Team and looks forward to building a solid extension research program for grain producers here in our state. We are excited to have this position filled and will be planning meetings for Dr. Francisco to hear from you and about the concerns and issues you have. Thanks again for joining us today. Alabama AgCast is sponsored by our friends at Alabama AgCredit. Give them a call for all your farm and land financing needs. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast.